light the angel's candle. Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publish peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publish salvation, that hath saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Luke 2, 8 through 14. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Luke four eighteen nineteen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty them who are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. When I think of Christmas, I think of angels. They are mentioned in Christmas carols. We put them on the tops of Christmas trees. They are on Christmas cards. And they are in the nativity sets that we put on the mantle, over the fireplace, or on tables decorated in honor of Jesus' birthday. Angels do play a big part big part in the story of Jesus's birth. Throughout the Christmas story, angels bring messages to quite a few people. In fact, the word angel means messenger. An angel came to Mary to announce that she would be the mother of the Messiah. An angel told Joseph not to worry that Mary's baby was really going to be the savior. An angel warned the wise men not to go back to Herod. And we know that the whole choir of angels announced Jesus's birth to the shepherds. But the angel's announcement to the shepherds didn't start out with a whole choir. Throughout the Bible, every time God sent an angel with a message, only one came. But at Jesus' birth, the whole choir came. Some, that he, some have even wondered if maybe all the angels of heaven were so excited about Jesus' birth and God's plan to save everyone that they couldn't contain themselves. They just burst out into praise. Like the angels, God wants us to be praisers and messengers too. The Bible says that the Lord lives in the praises of his people. When we praise the Lord, we actually, we're actually building a place that the Lord can live with us. When we praise the Lord, it also helps us to proclaim the praises of him who called us from the darkness into the light. Praises help Praise helps make us free. Psalm fourteen or Psalm one forty seven one says, "It is good to sing praises to our God." And Jesus even said that through little children comes perfect praise. He wants us to be praisers. We are also to be messengers. 
Mark 16, verse 15 says that Jesus commanded his followers to go to the whole world and give everyone God's message. If we are Jesus' followers, then he also wants us to give people his message. Sometimes we can be his messengers by telling people how to know the Lord. Other times we are his messengers by being kind and showing Jesus' love. Sometimes we are his messengers by praying for someone who is sad or sick or scared. Let's decide today that, like the angels, we will be God's praisers and God's messengers too. I want to finish this up this morning with uh, just a few closing thoughts um, I have on our little, it's our little program that was going around a mini sermon. And uh, Carrie the other day, he was going to make me sign something to say that I was going to keep it mini. Um, but I just want to just share a few thoughts um, as we close today. But uh, first of all, can we say thank you to all those guys that came up here and, and put together... Um, as most of you know, you know, the news from Friday, which shook um, our nation again, once again, um, and I th I've been really reflecting on that and obviously grieved with the, uh, with that, the families that have endured so much and with a town that has been shaken up and, uh, you know, we are here this morning and we are celebrating and we see our kids up here and I think of what some families are enduring right now, uh, picking up the pieces of, of, of this tragedy. And I was trying to think about how, what was God saying in the midst of all that and, and how we link this season, you know, to what happened. Because God, obviously God is speaking something. I, I think God is saying some things to the church, even through the Advent or the Christmas season, even in the midst of uh, a tragedy in our nation of, of what he's saying to the church. You know, but it's a hard thing to fathom. You know, there's no easy answers for any of that. You know, you can't just look at people that have gone through that and say, it's, you know, it's going to be okay. You know, we, we believe that and, and, you know, you hopefully that it's, it's going to be okay. But it, it, it is a tragedy of un, uh, unspoken, you know, greatness to those families. And, you know, we have the verses of Scripture and we can all quote them some, you know, with, with, with the one that stands out is all things work together for good, you know, and you tell somebody that has gone through that and, and they're thinking how in the world can God do anything good in the midst of this? And so what is God saying to us? What is the God saying even in the Advent reading when we hear today of that this is good tidings to who? All people. And that the Christmas story, the, 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 the message of Christmas is that light has come into darkness. And he bursts forth and he came on the scene at a very, very dark time in history. And I shared about that a, a couple of weeks ago about light coming into darkness. But I think we need to look at Christmas as more than a holiday celebration. It, it is the purpose of Christ that he came for a lost, dying broken, dark world. 
I'm going to read this. This was another minister that, that, that did a reflection on what happened. I thought this summed it up very well, and then I'll close with some thoughts. He says this, Needless to say, words seem weak and impotent during a time like this. We shouldn't turn our heads from this atrocity, but square up our shoulders and look right at it with eyes wide open. God's children are called to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn, and we do both with great hope in the promises of God. It's tempting to want to avoid the horror of such an event, but I believe our Father wants us to glimpse of what He sees and He feels for a moment. He knows something about the loss of a child. In the season of Advent, we are unpacking the biblical narrative of Jesus' birth in the Gospel of Matthew. I'm struck by the timeless, timely, timeliness of the text. In Matthew 2, something evil and wicked takes place. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose, and he took the child and his mother by night, and departed to Egypt, and he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then what was filled was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. And he goes on to say this, Rachel's weeping was heard in Newtown, Connecticut on Friday. Her wails echo through a long, painful history of loss. And the loss of children at the hands of a murderer can never be rationally understood. Sin is not logical. It can't be reasoned with. It has no explanation. News outlets are looking to assign blame. Politicians are using this tragedy to push an agenda. But the people of God are called to join Rachel in her weeping, even if she refuses to be comforted. At the darkest moment in the birth narrative of Christ, just before his entry into the world as that vulnerable baby, Herod attempts to thwart God's promises by murdering all the boys under two years old in the small town of Bethlehem. Many children lost their lives by the sword that day. And no matter how insignificant history views this, no matter how small this may seem compared to greater tragedies, God re records this so that we'll never forget the lengths that Satan will go to to kill hope. Our friends, family members, co-workers, and neighbors are all trying to piece things together. Now is not the time for debates. Now is a time for tears and prayer. Now is a time to hug our children, comfort others, and cling to the promises that our God isn't distant or aloof to our pain, our suffering, and our loss. And though there may be a thousand objections to the goodness of God and his purposes for allowing such tragedy, one thing we know for certain as we listen during this season of Advent, our God loves and cares about us enough to suffer with us and for us. The birth of Jesus into a world riddled with sin is God's response to this shooting. The cross of Jesus stands as the greatest display of God's love for us and the loudest declaration of the links to which he will go to win our hope. The resurrection of Jesus settles our hearts and reminds us that even though this is not the way it's supposed to be, it will not always be like this. God draws near to those who have lost what is dearest to them, and he does so through his people. Don't forget that. He does so through his people. And someone asks us, where was God when this happened? We can say with a hope-filled heart and trembling voice, God is in the same place today as he was when his own son hung on a cross. 
Jesus Christ took all this evil and suffering and swallowed it as bitter as a bitter pill. God so loved this sin-sick world that he gave his only son to it. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life with our Father in a world made right. At a time of year when joy and laughter should fill every home, heartbreak and weeping seems out of place, but this is an open door to God's heart. The coming of Emmanuel means Herod, murderers, death, and Satan do not win. God is still with us. And I think it's a time like this that we need to be reminded, and I thought that that was such a great thought by this other pastor, but we need to be reminded of why the church exists. I think Advent is the greatest time. Christmas is the greatest time to be reminded of why the church exists. As I said before in the prophecies of of Jesus coming at, at a dark time in history, the light of the world came in. And as we saw on Friday, the world still has darkness. But we have the light of Jesus. The church has the hope of the nations. His name is Jesus. I love Galatians 4 because it's a narrative of the uh, Christmas story. And Paul says this, and I want you to hear the words because he just sums it up so well. But he, he says this, Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us. That's good news. He bought freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. I like that he says when the right time had came, it was the right time, God's perfect timing, Jesus came into the world. And he came on a mission. And we don't have just a baby in a manger any longer. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He came on a mission, and his mission was you and me. That's the story of Advent when we, the word Advent means coming. We, 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 the anticipation of his coming, and the prophets of old were anticipating his coming, and then we celebrate his coming. And, of course, we now look with anticipation of his coming again. But not only that, we live in Advent every day. We need Jesus to come every day. We need to surrender our lives to him every day. And he says, but when the right time came, God sent Jesus. Why? To adopt us. To call us into his family. To buy our freedom. And so when we think of Advent, when we think of Christmas, let, and we think of what happened on Friday, let these moments remind us that we keep the mission of Jesus at the forefront of what we do. I encourage you to come out, um, if you can, in the next three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that we could, um, we, we, we're going to pray together, and uh, we're going to seek the Lord together. We're going to spend time praying for the new year. But here's the thing, is God has spoken a vision and a mission over this church. He is calling us to shine light into the darkness. That's what he's called us. We are on mission with him. Let us not forget that. 
And here's the thing. When we think about what these families have endured on Friday, we need to let the petty, unimportant things go. As, As Paul says in Philippians 1, live for what really matters. Live for eternal things. Live for Jesus. Live to shine the light of Jesus. And live to give Jesus to others. That's why the church exists. So Advent means coming, where we remember his coming to the earth. And we still need Advent every day because we need his light in darkness. Let's pray together. Jesus, Lord, we love you so much and we honor you. We bless you. We praise you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for this day that we can celebrate you because, Lord, every day that we belong to you is a celebration of you. And, Lord, let it be more than just the Christmas season where we celebrate you. Let us celebrate you every day. Lord, let it be more than just the season of Advent where we celebrate your first coming, but, Lord, that we live in Advent every day saying, Come, Lord Jesus. Come into my broken heart. Come into my broken, dark world. Lord, let the light of Jesus shine through the church. Lord, help us to live for what really matters. Help us to let petty things go. Help us to let unimportant things go. And Lord, we as a church body want to continue to lift up those precious families, oh God, today who are picking up the pieces of of, of brokenness in their world, who are trying to figure out why this dark event happened. And Lord, it's not only families, it's a town reeling. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you'd be seen, that you would come, that you would give hope, and that the testimony that would come out of there is that that Jesus is alive and well, that you care, and that you're a comforter, and that you bring peace, and that you bring light, and Lord, you are the answer for this world. There's no other answer but Jesus. Lord, we love you today, we honor you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.